0: It's beginning to look a lot like Batman. He can't Everywhere turn his you go. head. <laughs> that's I think that should be the new Christmas tradition. Is just make all the Christmas songs about Batman. Replace the word Christmas with Batman. Oh,
1: like, oh, like Jingle Bells? What would that sound like if you made Jingle what would, Bells about
0: what Batman? What would Jingle Bells sound like if it were about Batman instead? Yeah. Actually, no, I actually want to do this bit for real, though. Like, my favorite would probably be, um... Uh... So this is Batman. <laughs> <laughs> and what have we done... <laughs> That'd be a good one. <laughs>
1: Simply happy, <having laughs> <a> wonderful Batman.
0: <laughs> Batman time. Um,
1: <laughs> the Batman's <laughs> up. The <laughs> Batman's here. It only comes <laughs> this time of year. <laughs> hey, okay, not- do you
0: want to do you want to continue this uh, this bit after the intro?
1: Has this whole part from the intro? I assume that you split. At some point, you cut away.
0: No, we gotta say our names first. Hi, my, my name is Jackson intro. McMurray.
1: My name is Adelaide McMurray. And
0: here's the intro. This is where it goes. And
1: may we present to you the rest of the podcast.
0: Um. Anyway, you it, it know what I'm thinking. It only goes
1: downhill from here.
0: i'm dreaming of a white batman <laughs> that's the one we'll pull out like 15 years from now when they cast fucking michael b jordan or something and i'm very mad about it because like batman should be white as god intended just I think.
1: like santa claus
0: just like santa claus and jesus also
1: and who else who else should be white
0: um, uh, pretty much everybody, I think. Like, I can't think of anybody, I can't think of anybody who shouldn't be white, right? Hitler. No, Hitler should be white, I think.
1: Yeah, no, I'm naming, I'm naming people who should be <laughs> right, white.
0: should be white. We I don't know, them. I don't know how I feel about this bit.
1: We can cut this bit out. I don't like this bit.
0: <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, one more. We gotta get one more good one.
1: Kevin from school.
0: I saw three ships come sailing in on Batman day, on Batman day. Bad, a
1: bad one.
0: No, it's a good one. That one's the best one so far, I think.
1: sailing in on Batman is good.
0: Or like
1: (laughs) the Batmobile.
0: On Batman day in the morning.
1: In Batman.
0: I'll be home for Batman.
1: (laughs) Only in your dreams. If
0: only in my dreams. That's the best one yet, I think. So, uh, I- hey, so Adeline, speaking of Christmas and Batman.
1: Yeah, uh huh, both of those things.
0: <laughs> what movie did we watch today?
1: We watched Batman Returns, which is the second of the Michael Keaton Batman of the Burton. Yes, Barton?
0: number two. Of the Tim there were Barton only two ones. of them.
1: Listen, I cannot tell the Batman movies apart. That's if, fair enough. If you just like tell me like a Batman title, I'm like, which one is that? When you tell me what happens, I'll be like, oh, it's that one. But if you just like, do you want to watch Batman Begins? So I'm like, which which one is that?
0: <laughs> yeah, no. And to be fair, every Batman movie has a horrible naming convention. Oh, that's right? the worst. Because we go Batman, Batman Returns, Batman yep. Forever, Batman and Robin. <laughs> then we go Batman Begins, The Dark Knight. And then The Dark Knight Rises, that trilogy, that's the worst. That's the one that really rubs me the wrong way, is they decided to just take a really abrupt left turn about halfway through that series of three movies. (laughs)
1: They're just like, you know what? Never mind. Something else now.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Was there something you were about to say that I interrupted you? No. Okay, cool. Um, So, Batman Returns, okay, Adeline, where were you? Do you remember when you found out that Tim Burton made a Batman movie?
1: Uh, I was, I, I got a book about Tim Byrne, and it has like, oh, all really? those movies. It's got, like, the production stuff in it, and it was, like, he, the, Tim, the Batman, directed by Tim Byrne. And I, like, had already seen the movie, but it just had, like, sunk in <laughs> that, like, he had directed it. And as soon as right. the book was, like, hey, he directed that, I was, like, oh, that makes a lot of sense, actually.
0: Because yeah. I was going to say, I think everybody as a kid, at least who's our age, sorry, let me take off my jacket real quick. Ugh, I'm going to really dig into it. Great. Um, I feel like everybody who's kind of our age, like knows and is like really into Tim Burton at age like ten or so.
1: Yeah, and then or at you some know, point like when or you whatever,
0: and at some point when you ask your parents about it, they casually mention that they liked Batman maybe, and you're like, your little brain explodes. You're like, what? Timothy made a Batman movie. And it just never quite really lives up to what you're expecting, I think.
1: Yeah, (laughs) because when you're like Batman, or when you're like Batman directs a Tim Burton movie, when you're like (laughs) Tim Burton directs a Batman movie, you're like, oh, we're going to get like super like kind of like cool, cool and like twisted and like kind of like taking on like social norms with like that really cool like Tim Burton aesthetic. And we like kind of get it. But he also kind of okay. Don't get wait a it.
0: minute. Wait a minute. Did we just watch the same movie? Because that's exactly what Batman Returns is.
1: It's a, no. Don't get me wrong. It's very, very, very Tim Burtony. It's don't the get me wrong.
0: most Tim Burton. Yeah. It.
1: I guess to me, I say it's not all the way Tim Burton-y because I think it's a little bit bad.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah. So like, Tim Burton made the first Batman after he made Pee Wee's Big Adventure. He was, like, in pre-production on Beetlejuice. Yeah. So, like, literally he'd only made one movie that was pretty good, and that was Pee-wee's Big Adventure.
1: Yeah, okay, but Um, who saw Pee-wee's Big Adventure and was like, I know who I want to get to direct He's the Batman Batman
0: guy. Yeah, Yeah. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So he got on Batman, and apparently he just hated it. Like, the whole thing. Because it was, like, a project that was, like, in development for a really long time that he, like, joined kind of late, you know? Yeah. So it's like, you know, he had he left his mark on it, but it wasn't like entirely his thing. And like, there was a lot of stuff that he couldn't. There's a really famous story of the scene at the end of Batman where they're going up in the clock tower. And he's trying to direct Jack Nicholson. And he's like, okay, Jack, I need you to run up to the top of the clock tower. And Jack Nicholson's like, why? And he's just like, I don't fucking know. Just do it, Jack. (laughs) Like famously, he just he didn't have an answer. He was just like, I don't know. Just go up there, please.
1: See, guys, the first Batman movie makes me so upset because Jack Nicholson is the Joker. Should be the coolest goddamn thing on the planet, (laughs) and it it's never as cool as you want it to be.
0: I was gonna say, do you know the famous thing that Jack Nicholson said while he was like doing his makeup on the first day on set? What? It was, like, him and Michael Keaton were, like, chilling out in their, like, makeup zone, like, getting their stuff all done. And he, like, looks over at him and he's like, uh, this is my Jack Nicholson impression. Uh, this is great. We don't have to act at all. (laughs) That is, like, famously was his soul stance on the whole thing. Wow.
1: (laughs) Which
0: I think is so funny.
1: I mean, I... I Do people like Michael Keaton as Batman?
0: Yeah. I mean, so he said that I'm going to be bringing to the table to this yeah. discussion. I recently read Glenn Weldon's book about Batman. Yeah. Um. So so I've got a lot of, like, contextual Batman knowledge to drop on y'all yeah. today. And
1: I don't have any. I'm just here right. with my opinions and that's it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, but, like, it's, I mean, you know, obviously both of these Batman movies were, like, huge successes. Yeah, of course. Um, uh, and oh, and the thing I was trying to say earlier was that like the first Batman movie wasn't really Tim Burton's whole deal. He was just kind of attached to it. Yeah. But then like uh, in order, and then he was like, "Okay, that fucking sucked. I never want to do that ever again." And then Warner Brothers was like, "What if we just let you go fucking crazy on the sequel?" He's like, "Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> no. Okay, I'll do okay. It. I'll hang around if I get to just go fucking buck wild yeah. <laughs> on this one." Um. But uh. But yeah. So the original. The book is all about, like, the relationship between Batman media and Batman fans and yeah. how, like, you know, even, like, obviously still to this day, but, like, even as far back as, like, the 50s, there's always been this dissonance between, like, what, like, hardcore diehard Batman fans want out of things versus what they're actually being delivered on. Uh-huh. Because, like, in the olden, olden days, Batman was, like, this really gritty, like, hard-boiled noir detective kind of dealy. Yeah. Um, and people were like, oh, we like this. It's kind of tough and... You know, in a comic book in the 30s, it feels kind of fun and edgy, you know, and that's what we're kind of into about it. And then eventually when you start getting into like the the early 50s, it... Batman just starts doing all the exact same things that Superman does. Yep, yep, yep. And that just like super doesn't work because like Superman has always been like really goofy and fun, and Batman's like, oh now I have a dog too. Yeah. Look well, like at
1: Superman. Like... I've talked about how much I hate Superman's character because he's just like, I am impervious to all damage and I'm going to go kick a bad guy now. He yalla. Right. And it's like Good Well, for that's not, you. not even what I mean. Good I just for you, mean Superman. that like
0: They're doing, like, crazy wild things where they're just like, oh, check it out, here's the Superman story where he fucking... There's an alien and he turns him and all his friends into cows or some shit i don't know it's the 40s who gives it's a the shit
1: 40s we don't have to do uh, anything
0: <laughs> exactly and so like batman originally was like this detective but then they like started to try to integrate them into being sort of the same brand so now it's like oh check it out batman's got this weird little imaginary friend or something and everyone was like okay we hate this uh,
1: what um, what year did they like incorporate like the first like robin
0: that was early on that was like so they did detective comics uh-huh. For a while, which was, like, the original thing. Um, and then orig- and then an eventually the, like, first, like, quote-unquote Batman series um, started in, like, 1940-something. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was Batman and Robin. That was, like, the first appearance of Robin. Oh, gotcha. Uh, and so, like, from then on, it was, like, Batman and Robin was always the thing. Um, and people, that wasn't quite the point where people started to get disillusioned about it because they were still pretty much on board. It was just kind of like a different story dynamic, you know? He was,
1: like, also raising this kid. Yeah, I know, like, the original... I know there were a lot of people that were upset with Robin when they first came up because it was, like, kind of the same thing. Like, we have this gritty detective, but now there's just, like, this little kid. And, of course, it introduced, like, cooler things. Like, oh, you've got this tough guy, and now he's got to raise a kid. But I know that that was, like, a controversy at some point.
0: Yeah. But, yeah, but uh, what what I'm getting to is eventually around the 60s there was like a turnaround in the comics people were like okay okay so people don't like this just whole batman trying to do superman shit thing they want batman to like sort of be his own thing and kind of be tougher and more action-packed you and know we're
1: gritty dark
0: so and yeah yeah and i wish i had read this more recently because i wish i could cite more of the names of the creators um i just don't know them off the top of my head but um eventually there's this great run in the 60s that's sort of like brought back the joker who hadn't been a thing for a really long time like they Mm -hmm. introduced him in the 40s and then he just kind of wasn't a thing for like 15 years and then the 60s they were like no check out this guy he's cool um it's like that famous story where uh like he like poisons the water supply and the fish all get like creepy joker smiles you know that one yeah um but anyway so now all the comic book fans are like oh yeah check it out joe or uh batman he's cool again And we're all really excited about it. And then as if on cue, Adam West's TV show Batman (laughs) comes out and everyone is furious about it. I mean, look, everyone's not furious about it. Hardcore comic book people are furious about it. The culture at large eats that shit up. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it's just sort of the start of this like dissonance between like the hardcore like Batman fans And, like, the culture at large who's ingesting Batman content. And, like, the difference between those tastes and sensibilities and how constantly, like, alternatingly completely ignored and completely being pandered to the, like, hardcore, diehard Batman people are. I
1: honestly think that, like, demographic of, like, hardcore Batman people, like, I honestly think whatever they think that Batman is... Is honestly just like a fantasy that they've created out of the media that they do like, without understanding right. that there's so much more other media. So every yeah. time someone like that like points at a piece of Batman media and is like, "This is sucks. This is way out of character for Batman. Batman's supposed to be like this." I'm always like, "Well, Batman could be like however the fuck we want Batman to be like right. because he's a comic book character, and that's kind of the point of a comic yeah. book character."
0: You should read the book, Adeline. It's I very should. good. It's called The Caped Crusade by Glenn Weldon, and it's a super duper good book. Um, But the um, the thing and yeah, and that was sort of a few years ago, Grant Morrison was writing Batman, and that was like his whole take was like, oh, I'm going to write Batman as if Every Batman story actually happened to this Batman chronologically the way it happened in comic books. <laughs> there was like this whole thing because, you know, like comic books, it's like selective continuity and you yeah. craft the character however you kind of want to. But Grant Morrison was like, no, I'm gonna have him like have these crazy flashbacks to like the fifties when everything was wacky and crazy, and then also have flashbacks to the nineties where it's like still him, still the same canon character in my story doing crazy nineties shit. Dude, where <laughs> like,
1: he's like cutting people's heads off or whatever. Yeah, exactly. In the 90s. Yeah,
0: whatever crazy bad shit wild stuff was happening. Um but he's like, that's my take. It's like they're all the same guy, he's just been through a lot of shit and done a lot of different things in his life. <laughs>
1: is and it good like
0: it's all people i mean i don't know it's divisive obviously well, it's because skin, <laughs> kind of yeah but like it but it's something that glenn Weldon talks a lot about in that book is that run where he's like all of this is batman like it yeah. all like comes together to become this like cultural miasma of what the like the general platonic ideal of batman is it's like everything at once you know
1: yeah that's
0: cool um, yeah um and then yeah i don't know i don't want to just only talk about yeah. that book the whole time no, that was what um,
1: that's what i liked about lego batman to bring up a less serious piece of batman media no
0: totally yeah. but they do
1: they kind of make that joke with lego batman because it's lego batman so it is kind of like that it's like whatever the pop culture thinks that batman is that's kind of what lego batman is
0: mm-hmm. and
1: so of course uh butler man what's his name
0: Alfred, Al- why did I remember can you that? get it together? I'm did so you just sorry. wake up? Are you Listen, okay? No,
1: I'm just like, okay, first of all, it's my first day of winter break. <laughs> I slept until noon. I'm still like mostly sick and I'm like high on day quill right now. So don't, don't step to <laughs> <Okay>. me. But, <laughs> but Alfred has that joke. Where he's like, do you remember your sixties phase? And just like stuff like that, that like, right, make, yeah. like make the Lego Batman Batman seem like really like kind of fleshed out in a representation of just like what what would a little kid playing with a Batman Lego think that Batman is
0: Right yeah Um and so and that brings us to sort of the Tim Burton Bat- Batman um in which people I like hardcore comic book people were there wasn't like a huge backlash against the original one mm-hmm. they were after after all the like mainstream media shit with all the Adam West stuff they were just like Fine. okay this is good enough i guess yeah. <laughs> like it's like i mean in fairness it's not at all a batman movie really like they're just like oh here's batman and like his parents died or whatever but we're gonna pull all this shit where it's like oh and the joker killed his parents and like it's like ideologically yeah. there's not really much in common with like an yeah, actual dance batman with the story. Devil
1: the pale moonlight
0: um but like just in general people were like uh, okay fine <laughs> it's, yeah, it's better than better. <laughs> it's better than nothing um but, like, yeah, and I don't know, and you always hear that story of, like, Tim Burton going around behind the scenes of the Batman movie with fucking Dark Knight Returns. Have you seen, like, the the panels and stuff from Dark Knight Returns? No. So, you, do you know the famous comic book panel where Batman is in that, like, armored suit and kicking Superman in the jaw and he says, like, I want you to know in your most private moments that I d- defeated you? Yeah. That, that's Dark Knight Returns. So, like, picture that art style. That's, like, what the whole book looks like. Yeah. It's, like, everyone's just, like, huge and muscular and everything's, like, dark and it's, like, really thinly lined, you know? Yeah. Um,
1: is it is it, like, bad comic book muscle boys, no. Or is it, like, good comic book muscle voice? Well, it's
0: sort of... So, Dark Knight Returns was, like... I'm just gonna go off about Batman no, in this totally episode. Fine. I'm sorry. Uh, dark Knight Returns was, like, the seminal... It's, like, the first, like, really serious superhero comic book i mean obviously saying that is kind of an oversimplification but like if if you're gonna like cut and dry it like dark knight returns is frank miller he wrote it and he drew it It was like the first time that people took a superhero character uh and just like just took it like so seriously Uh and like told this story that was like dealing with like really political themes And it came out in the 80s, so it was kind of about nuclear warfare and, like, the Cold War. And, like, it had this, like, really, really dark and cynical take on, like, gang violence and stuff. And Mm -hmm. it was, like, really grim and really serious. And it's, like, it's good. It's a great comic book. Um, It was, like, 1984, I think. Um, And at around the same time, uh, Alan Moore wrote Watchmen and then The Killing Joke, Around that same time, and then mm-hmm. Frank Miller went on to do Batman Year One. Um, and those those comic books as sort of a quartet of stories were sort of the thing that propelled the comic books forward from the 80s into being sort of, like, something that the writers are, like, taking a little bit more seriously and a little more, I don't know, sincerely, I guess. Yeah. Um, but, um, but, yeah, I mean, Dark Knight Returns, it's, like, it's making a really a really definitive style of choice right mm-hmm. to make everybody look so huge and bulky and it's sort of a it, it's sort of a thematic idea right because batman is like huge but he's like kind of an old man he's like 50 years old in this story yeah so he's i mean it's kind of like the kingpin he's just like this huge bulked up guy but he's not like quite as agile or like fast or stealthy as he used to be so it's like yeah it's related to the whole idea of what's going on in the story um but that is sort of what kicks off the, like, 80s and 90s giant, veiny, muscle-bound superhero yeah, which how into Dark Knight Returns everybody was. Yeah, um, I
1: just looked up the, the cover to kind of, like, get the art style idea, and it's just like, he's just, like, huge, and his shirt's all ripped open, and he's got, yeah. like, a weird busted-up face.
0: <laughs> right. And yeah, and it's interesting because it's not quite... 'Cause it's not like fetishy giant muscle no, veininess. Yeah. It's just like a really distinct style and a really distinct take on it, you know. Yeah. Everybody's um, very
1: like square.
0: Exactly. Um and it's I don't know, it's a cool comic book. Um, but but yeah, what I was saying was like famously Tim Burton like had that comic book around with him when he was making the movie. It was like, You guys make it look like this. And it's so funny because it couldn't look Less like that. Well, that just <laughs> shows you like, that
1: everyone was like, uh, no. <laughs>
0: no, yeah, sorry, Tim. That's not gonna work. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, anyway, uh, Batman Returns. <laughs> so, yeah, this is the sequel where Tim Burton just decides to go apeshit,
1: decides to just make a Tim Burton movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, it's like, and uh, <laughs> this movie cranks me up because one of the bigger stories around it is the fact that like the uh uh it was like huge with like parent groups at the time when it came out because it was like kind of a family blockbuster you know yeah but like the penguin was so grotesque and scary and catwoman was so like overtly sexual that all the parent groups were like no 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 this is the this is the death of culture we can't have this (laughs) Oh Um, man, that was like it seems like that doesn't really happen quite as much anymore
1: I, well, I, feel I, just like saw, I just saw an article that said A Million Moms, like, it's a group called A Million Moms, I don't know if there's right. actually A Million Moms, but they're boycotting Hallmark because they had a commercial with the lesbians kissing in it, so I think maybe that right. does happen, but just about well, stupid stuff.
0: Yeah, well, and that's the thing, it's like, that's what it is now, is it's all about, like, LGBT stuff, Yeah, but it's like it's not quite the same though because it's not like a part of our like general cultural conversation you know yeah it seems like in the 90s with the like violent video games thing really coming up and that being like a huge legal issue for so long and people going crazy over it I feel like there was just a bigger culture of like people being really really concerned about what kind of media people were making that kids might see yeah um And I feel like, just, I mean, I know, obviously it does still happen, and we're still having the violent video games debate, and there's people like a million moms, but it's like a smaller, more specific sect of the world. Does that make sense?
1: Well, yeah, it's not just like, this movie's too violent or too sexual, and now there's a specific thing that we do not like, and that's what they're boycotting. It's not just... Like, yeah, because that was always the thing with blockbusters. I mean, that was the thing with, like, Indiana Jones, where they are like, this is too violent, so violent that we need to make PG-13 a thing. Right. And, yeah, so, um, I forgot what my point was. <laughs> so
0: you you expressed your, your distaste for this film. Okay, do wanna, I don't, do I don't, elaborate? I don't,
1: don't put words in my mouth. I don't okay. not like it. I just... It's just I don't know what the movie's trying to do a lot of the time. I feel like this movie gets a little lost in the Tim Burton sauce sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So I get much fair that it forgets what it's doing. Like, for the first three quarters of this movie, I don't know why Selena's here, what her motivation is, or what she's doing.
0: Wait, for real? Yeah. You didn't you didn't you weren't like at all affected by Catwoman's like whole like arc and like transformation going through this.
1: I liked her at the end. The whole three quarters of the movie, I had no idea what her motivation was. So she I gets kind she of gets the opposite. killed. She gets killed by a guy and she goes home and she's she's a cat lady now. She goes and she wrecks up her house because <laughs> she like hated her old life and she hated who right. she was and how the world saw her and all that stuff. And she gets super sexy because that's the only way that you can be free as a woman is to be super sexy. Uh, And then she stops the mugging. Great. Uh, And then she beats up Batman for no reason. Uh, And then she goes to the Penguin and she's like, hey, I want you to to kill, not kill the Batman. I just want you to frame the Batman so that he's like, he's like out of the picture because I'm mad at him because he beat me up. Uh, and then the penguin kills that lady, and then she's like, oh no. And then she gets killed okay, again. Okay, okay. And then she wants to kill Max, Max. And that's the part that I like, where she's like. No, that she always
0: wants to do that.
1: But then what? What? No.
0: Okay, 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 okay. Okay, 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 so That's Here's- not her
1: motivation until like the last quarter of the movie. And that motivation I really like. The rest of the untrue. movie, I just don't know what she's doing.
0: Okay, okay. To me, to me, I think the Catwoman stuff is the stuff that works the absolute best in this movie. Because it is, like, at least to me, having... I mean, much like a lot of movies that came out before I was born, it took me, like, probably two or three times seeing this movie before I really, like, dialed into it and was like, Oh, I get it now. Not Not that I necessarily, like, could say what it is that I got, but I just, like was able to dial in yeah Yeah, just was able to dial in on the exact frequency it's working on and just like accept it you know and be like oh okay actually yeah this does rule kind of like how i was with terminator how it took me a few times before i was like oh fuck yeah this is great um but like to me it's just like the whole bit where it's like she is clearly like deeply unhappy and deeply like objectified and like not going anywhere with her job and hates the way that everybody around her looks at her and hates herself so much. Yeah. Like so over the top crazy. And then like something happens and she just, she gets killed by her boss and she dies. And then inexplicably comes back to life and is just like, you know what? fuck everything. Like, I don't care yeah, about Yeah, I like that. I really do anymore. like the
1: scene where she's wrecking her whole apartment. I love yeah, that Yeah, it scene.
0: rules. It rules. It's so good. And I feel, I don't know, I, I just feel for Selina Kyle so, like, viscerally in those sequences where she's just like, you know what? Like, I don't give a shit anymore. I don't give a fuck anymore. Yeah. Like, I just died. And I don't know if I can anymore. I don't know if I can do that again, but, like, I'm not going to keep doing this anymore. I'm just going to do whatever the fuck I want to. And whatever the fuck I want to is just like, f- just messing with Max Shrek's whole shit as much as I can. I want to kill him. I want to burn down his department stores. I want to make him think he's going insane. Just everything.
1: I guess I just, I didn't get that. I understood that she was like, I got, as soon as she like turns the Catwoman, I'm like, okay, cool. We're going to like do something. And then we don't do anything for a little bit in the movie. Like, she she gets the Catwoman suit. She stops that mugging. And she says, you're so pathetic going for the Batman. I'm the Catwoman. And then she backflips away because she backflips everywhere. And she blows up that department store. And I get that that's kind of like a, like a rebellion against Max. But then it's... But then she doesn't do anything to Max until the end of the movie where she tries to kill him, you know? And there's that stupid fucking shot where Batman and the Penguin are just kind of, like, chill, like having that weird conversation where he's like, what are you doing standing here? He's like, oh, you know, upstanding mayor stuff. And he's like, you're not the mayor. And then the Catwoman just backflips across the street and lands in front of them and goes whatever meow and then the department store explodes and then she just fucking yeah
0: i know that's why this movie rules why is that i was
1: like what the fuck are we doing (laughs) tim she's just
0: she's just like an anarchist adeline that's the whole point she doesn't have a direction she's just like like, i'm gonna fuck she's tyler durden
1: she's just like i'm gonna fuck shit up she's not being an anarchist enough because all she does is blow up a building And then she goes and makes a deal with Cobblepot and eats a bird. Like, that's not anarchist enough for me. It's the fact that she takes She blows up two different department
0: stores. I thought she
1: only blew up one. I may be combining scenes in my head. (laughs) Either way. But then, I think I don't like it because then she goes back to work. And back to, like, being her old self that she hated. Which makes me think that she hasn't lost it completely.
0: Well, she's just going back to mess with Shrek. She's just doing some recon to figure out what the best ways to fuck with him are.
1: But we don't... But she doesn't. We just see her and she's like, Oh, yesterday was a blur. And he's like, "Ha Okay, that's weird. Can you escort him out? And she's like, Okay. And then she does.
0: No, she's trying to freak him out because he knows... That she could have the dirt on him. And yeah. he's just she's just showing up being like, hey, what's up? I'm alive. Doesn't that scare the shit out of you, Shrek?
1: But then she doesn't do anything with that.
0: <laughs> yes, she does. She blows up two of his stores and tries to kill him.
1: But she doesn't try to kill him until the end of the movie. I guess the whole Why thing Why do you was, want like,
0: her to kill him so early?
1: Well, I just want us to have the conversation of what she's trying to accomplish. Because it feels like for most of the movie, she's not really trying to accomplish anything.
0: She wants to accomplish blowing shit up and okay, making a big so mess. She, she wants to moving, make a big mess. She goes
1: up to, to Batman and she, they like Batman and her get in a fight for literally no reason. There's no because reason. Because she for blew up a fighting. department store. But she knows she said, attacks Batman for no reason.
0: That's not even true. They get in a fight because Batman's like, oh shit, you just blew up a department store, you're gonna go to jail now because you blew up a department store. Whatever. The very opening shot of this is um Pee-wee Herman and some other woman who, maybe I should look it up. She might be another, like, character actress that I'm not this familiar with. Doesn't she play
1: the mom in Beetlejuice? Is that a different actress?
0: Uh, hold on.
1: They look very similar.
0: feminine Returns. I'm always, I'm constantly bummed out that Pee-wee Herman never really got to have, like, more of an acting career.
1: Yeah. I Because mean, he's, he's always just, so he's good in really everything he's in. really only like, Tim Barton movies, yeah.
0: Yeah. Diane Salinger was in Peewee's Big Adventure, not not the main girl, but like the girl that sh- Peewee meets at the restaurant and hangs out in the dinosaur mouth with in Peewee's Big Adventure. That makes sense. The pe- that's the that's the penguin mom. Um, so yeah, it's the two of them. the The two of them they got married. Peewee and the yeah. girl from the dinosaur mouth, and then they had a g- gross, ugly baby.
1: Yeah,
0: It threw it in a river. Um. <laughs>
1: That's all we need to know. Why did they have a gross, weird baby? Doesn't matter.
0: Doesn't matter. And that's what I like about this movie so much now, is that they just don't,
1: this movie doesn't give a
0: fuck. Like, they're just like, yeah, it's a crazy gross baby. Um, and just there, They try to kill him, but it doesn't work. And then he goes in the sewer and there's penguins there, because that's just the world we've chosen to create for this Cause, movie.
1: Yeah, because there's just this fucking <laughs> abandoned zoo in Gotham. But there are yeah. still penguins in the abandoned zoo. And <laughs> that abandoned zoo is also connected to the sewer. Stop exactly. asking questions.
0: Yeah, it rules. It rules. Um, <laughs> the um, And one of the things I wrote down was just that, like, if this movie came out today, like, shitty comic book opinion people on Twitter would hate this movie.
1: <laughs> because,
0: like... It's so... I mean, because the whole, like, penguin as a gross, deformed monster is, like, totally this movie's own invention. And Catwoman, like, having these weird supernatural powers and being a weird zombie is totally this movie's invention. Like, they're totally just doing their own thing with all these characters. And, like, on top of that, it's also just so... Like, it's just so the opposite of, like, the sins mentality, right? It's yeah. almost like they're going out of their way to not explain things to you. And I think between those two things, like, ho- shitty men on the internet would just have a, a field day with this thing. Well, I, think I just think it's because
1: it. Timberg going from the first movie where he basically wasn't in charge and people, like, telling him what to do. To the second movie where he's in charge, and they're like, hey, do you want to make it, like, the comic books? He's like, uh, fuck no, I want to do my own goddamn thing.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, I don't know, and I think that, like, people like that who are, like, very much set on, who have, like, really strong opinions about which Star Wars movies and which superhero movies are the worst and what's wrong with everything. They just, like, it seems like what they want is they just want to feel like they're in the know all the time. Yeah. Because it makes them feel smart and powerful to feel like they're in on what's going on in this movie when it's based on something they like, right? I mean, it's
1: kind of just like another form of gatekeeping, Where they're like, I've read all the comic books, you haven't read all the comic books? Well, that's why this is bad, because it doesn't... I know all the information, and it doesn't use all the information. Yeah, you
0: guys only enjoyed it because you don't know the source material like I do. If you did, you would be better like me, and you would not like it. Yeah. Um, And I feel like this movie is just totally, like... You are totally out of your league no matter how much preparation you've done going into yeah. this movie. <laughs> like, nothing could have prepared you for this. <laughs> um, the, um...
1: I do think it's weird how little Batman is actually, like, in I know. this movie.
0: And that's, that was the next thing I was going to say is, like... So Batman shows up for that like fight scene at the beginning and has yeah. practically like no lines of dialogue. He just like shows up and punches some people,
1: and then he stares at Selena for like two seconds. Yeah. And
0: like and then is just like not in the movie until like literally forty five minutes into it. Yeah. After that, which is just crazy. Um, and Who it's... is
1: the actor that plays Maximilian? Shrek. Oh, uh,
0: uh, Christopher Walken.
1: Christopher Walken. How old was Christopher Walken when he made this movie, and how old is the character supposed to be?
0: <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he's probably like he, 40. Looked, he
1: looks like a 20-year-old in old-age makeup, and I, I hate it. They no, keep, he just looks
0: like a gross Tim Burton person. They, no,
1: they keep putting him next to his quote-unquote son, who's like <laughs> right. the same age as him. And the only reason that he's the old man dad character is because he's got this stupid Beethoven wig on, and it's just... <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Adeline, it rules. Um, I'm trying to look at how old he was. Uh, well, he got married in 1969, so he's at least 30 in in this movie.
1: Okay, yeah. He looks like a 20-year-old in old age makeup, that's all I'm saying.
0: <laughs> um, I just think that's the like, makeup-y Tim Burton aesthetic on him. He's just like caked out in makeup. And it's not because they're trying to hide anything. It's just because that's what Tim Burton wants him to look like, you know. No,
1: I'm just I'm literally talking about like the 8 like he's obviously supposed to be like an older character and they keep putting next to putting him next to a son who's like the same age as him. Right. And it's just it's ba- it's not bad. It's just it's funny.
0: Um there's this line reading I love right near the beginning when Alfred is walking through the streets. And there's this like newsie he's calling out, and he's just like, Hey, read about the possible terror beneath our feet. Check it out. <laughs> and I think it's so
1: funny. What? Are newsies like, is still a thing?
0: Absolutely not.
1: Okay, great. Just this checking. This movie came
0: out in 91.
1: Okay, just checking. It really feels like an 80s film, and I can't put why.
0: I mean, yeah, the first Batman movie was 89, and this one was yeah. 92. Um, honestly,
1: it's honestly it just feels like that kind of criticism of capitalism that we got a lot in the eighties. Right. Like it just feels absolutely like that kind of story. It's like makes, in the
0: RoboCop vein.
1: Yeah, like it makes sense coming out of the eighties. That's probably why I'm like, oh, the eighties.
0: Right. Um. The uh oh okay here's here's something that I think has been lost from Batman culture that we need to bring back. What? Um. Every villain should have like a a copious what's the word i'm looking for every villain should have just like an inexhaustible supply of nameless goons yeah, That just flip around and wear f- f- funny costumes. And, and just kind of like dance up.
1: around the street and push some people over and just yeah. run around in circles, yeah.
0: That used to be a tentpole of Batmanology, and yeah. I feel like we've lost that. I think Christopher Nolan ruined that for everybody. Yeah. When I make my Batman movie, I'm going to bring back the anonymous goons.
1: Well, the, the whole thing, what's the Batman game that we have for the Wii U? What is that Oh, one?
0: the Arkham games.
1: The Batman, I think we have Arkham Asylum. Or Arkham Oranges, I can't remember. But whatever the game is, the whole thing is that like you're in like the prison part of Gotham that whoever the fuck is made. But there is literally, it's just like every villain's got a whole pack of goons and there's just right. literally 10 billion of them. And they're like, <laughs> right. go beat the shit out of some goons, Batman. Yeah,
0: we need more goons. This is not normal. We need more goons.
1: I just think I do kind of like at the beginning, it's kind of a throwaway line, but when there's that first like attack at the tree lighting, and someone goes, it's like, oh, the clown gang is back, because it's like, oh, the Joker's back, even though right. the Joker's dead, and then they're like, no, it's not, and it's like, okay.
0: <laughs> I think sort of the implication is, like, these guys all used to be Joker's goons, but the Penguin, like, hired yeah. them. Like, Well, no, because undercut- the
1: Joker was a part of the circus when he was a kid, that's the whole thing, and he ate some kids.
0: Oh, maybe. That's not like, because uh, w- whatever.
1: Batman's in his base He's reading those old newspapers about the fish boy that ate some kids and then disappeared before the police. That's could right. Him.
0: Yeah, no, because for some reason that's Danny DeVito's whole thing in this movie is he just wants to kill a bunch of babies. Yeah. And, and there's not really a solid motivation for that, but no. that's just what he wants to do.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hold on Danny DeVito doesn't want to kill babies the penguin, the penguin wants to penguin kill does. babies yeah. um
0: it's just I don't know it's so good um the um
1: see the how I feel about Michael Keaton Batman is how I feel about Tobey Maguire Spider-Man they play like Michael Keaton plays Bruce Wayne I think super good but he's so just got a little bit too much dad energy that right. when he turns into batman he's just like not scary and it yeah. doesn't help that he can't turn his head and that he's wearing so much eye makeup on under the right. mask like it's just it's just like <laughs> Too many factors converging where I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah, man, you look like such a doofus right now.
0: <laughs> I was gonna say, there's the shot near the end that's so good, where he's, like, in the cowl, and he's got, like, those thick rings of, like, eye makeup around, so his eyes yeah. are all blacked out, and then he, like, peels the mask off, and he's suddenly yeah. not wearing any makeup at all yeah, underneath. Yeah, yeah. And it's
1: he's so still good. got that thick-ass rubber, like, up to his face. <laughs> it's
0: yeah, just, it's, so, it's that's so great.
1: Uncomfortable. The, um,
0: But, like, the, um, but, yeah, no, this costume's the worst. That's, like, one of the things that Tim Burton hated the most about working on both of these movies was that, like, he couldn't, he basically couldn't do any action sequences in earnest, right? Yeah. Because Michael Keaton can't move, so. And if, you'll notice if you're looking for it in both of these movies, the way that the fight scenes are edited, you'd never get a two-shot of anything. Mm -hmm. It's just, like, okay, I'll get, like, a shot of, like, Michael Keaton's, like, fist kind of coming through the frame and then, like, a reverse shot of, like, the guy getting punched. But you yeah. never see, like, Batman's full body, like, doing a whole move at any point. Because, literally, they just have to, like, film a whole bunch of, like, little tiny snippets that kind of give the illusion of motion Yeah, <laughs> in order to make it work. Because Michael Keaton, straight up, is in, like, a, a prison. He's in a, yeah. a tomb. Yeah, he's
1: so, like, why... Who designed design that costume? He's been Who frozen in
0: carbonite and is expected yeah. to star in a multi-million-dollar franchise. Yeah,
1: they're just like here, fucking figure it out.
0: Um, oh, and uh, but yeah, so like,
1: do you think that Michael? Very he- be- do you think that Michael Keaton heard about how Robert J- Downey Jr. was like, hey, we you got to make the Iron Man suit smaller so I could do more stuff and just have more of it be animated? And they were like, <laughs> right. okay. Do you think he heard that and was just like, what the? Fuck.
0: Fuck. I could have done you that? You could have done that? I could have just asked. <laughs> yeah. it could have just else. been like,
1: hey, I'm Michael Keaton. Don't make me. Don't force me into this prison. <laughs> don't cast up a Montalata me into this Batman yeah. suit. <laughs> um,
0: the, um... Yeah, no, the the suit's the worst. It's horrible. And it doesn't even look good. It's not like it's no. super cool, but it's really restrictive. It just looks weirdly rubbery and bad. It looks like
1: it was the first time that anyone ever had to actually make a Batman suit. And yeah. it's, it's not bad, but that's what it looks like.
0: Um, I also... And the moment... This is, uh, this is just around the time in my notes when we get to the whole, like, Catwoman freak out section. Yeah. Which is so good. It's weird. Where she just good. goes through a house and starts, like, spraying spray paint on shit and, like, thrashing things. And there's that crazy shot where they show you just the shot of a bed. And then, like, a giant spray can comes out and starts spraying on it. And you zoom out and it's, like, her dollhouse she still has, I guess.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and she's, like, putting stuffed animals down the garbage disposal and shit. It's so yeah. good. And her big neon sign that says hello there it's turns not- into
1: Hell Here.
0: Hell here. It's great. It's the best. Okay. So that's, that's this is another point I wanna bring up. Um that is obviously if we're talking about fan backlash over Batman stuff, like mm-hmm. the Joel Schumacher movies are like the epitome of this, right? It's like the most hated, most like Universally loathed piece of Batman content ever are the the two Joel Schumacher Batman movies. Yeah, we
1: love those.
0: <laughs> we yeah, we do. Like genuinely, I mean, I think now that I'm sort of revisiting these Tim Burton Batman movies and starting to like them a little bit more, I still think I like them better than the Schumacher ones because uh, the Schumacher I like, ones.
1: I like the Go Schumacher ahead. ones because I feel like it was it. It's kind of like it's kind of got the same mindset of like. We're gonna do what the fuck we want. And what the fuck we want to do is basically just do, like, Adam West, but, like, a little bit gritty. Like, I don't... I like it. Like, we're just, like, we're just gonna make a fucking comic book movie, and y'all, like... Y'all neckbeard, beard, super serious nerds can just get over it.
0: Right. Well, and yeah, and that's the thing is that like it's so funny because you're like George like,
1: Clooney's gonna be Batman. And you're gonna fucking deal with it.
0: But like, according at least according to Glenn Weldon in the book, basically the reason he got to make two of them was like Joel Schumacher is just great at making movies, so he made the first one and he made it like. Under time and under budget, and the studio was like, oh shit, for real? Like, that rules. Do it's like,
1: one. <laughs>
0: everyone hated it, and they were like, we still want you to make the fourth one, though, because you did, like, spend hardly any money actually making this movie. We thought yeah. you would, so you can just go ahead and do another one if that's cool.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Which
0: is so good. Um, it's
1: like when you're, like, really responsible in class all year long, and so when you're like, hey, can I leave? The teacher's like, yeah, go for it, man. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. Um. And – but th- that's the thing I was going to say. is like, that's, like, what people hate about it is how, like, over-the-top and campy and ridiculous it is. But, like, honestly – If those two movies are, like, a ten, this movie's, like, an eight and a half. It's, like, not even really that different from the Joel Schumacher Batman movies, if you ask me. Just in terms of, like, the amount of shit they're throwing at you at any given point and how, like, wild and elevated it all is.
1: Yeah. I guess my one criticism of this movie is that I do wish that it was a little bit more colorful. Like, right. I feel like I know that but Tim Burton likes to play around with the black and white aesthetic, but whenever he does that, he does it in a really like direct and like visually stimulating way. This movie is just really, really grey and I feel like it it could have been more visually appealing in that way with like more color. Like that scene where she's destroying her house and everything is pink, that scene no. is so cool. And I feel like the rest of the movie is honestly just like gray and it gets kind of yeah. boring after a while.
0: The, um, yeah, and I mean, that's sort of what Joel Schumacher does in the yeah. opposite direction. He just blasts you with like pink yeah. and green at well, yeah. all times. He just fucking
1: commits. He's like, bruh, I don't care. It's gonna be campy when... as fuck. Everything's gonna be fucking green and you're gonna deal with it.
0: Remember when Tommy Lee Jones played Two Face in that movie?
1: Don't. <laughs> Worry about it. That is like. Jim Carrey is the Riddler. Should have been so much better than it was. (laughs) (laughs) I know. But like.
0: I can't get over how much of a non-Tommy Lee Jones role that is. Yeah, like, Tommy Lee Jones does one thing, right? He yeah. plays a really, really grumpy old white guy, and he yeah. does that better than anybody else on planet Earth. <laughs> and like, I don't know why you would want him to be in a Joel Schumacher Batman movie. Like, yeah. who made that decision?
1: Honestly, I think they were like, "Hey, Tommy Lee Jones, do you want do you want to do this?" He was like. Fucking sure, man. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, the uh, okay, so let's talk about um, Danny DeVito for a minute here.
1: Oh, Danny DeVito. He
0: is so good in this. So He's good in the this. best. And like, He looks so, like, horrible and awful and grotesque, but he's so, like, funny at the same time.
1: I mean, Danny DeVito is already a short, kind of, bigger man, but then on top of that, they definitely have him wearing, like, some kind of fat suit to, like, make him that weird, like, cobblebot shape, and it's just it's just it's bad to look at which is good <laughs> yeah
0: it's great and then there's that sequence where he shows up to that like campaign meeting where they're all saying he's gonna be the mayor and yeah. he's like still wearing his like shitty greasy pajamas like eating yeah. a fish and he's just standing there with like sweat stains in his butt crack and everyone's yeah. like hooray you're gonna be mayor <laughs> yay <laughs> it's just it's so perfect
1: <laughs> um, as this movie lost me I was like totally on board with everything And then uh, The Cobblepot loses Because there's evidence that he did something Really shitty which as we've seen Doesn't happen yeah. in real life
0: um, and, But don't you like See the difference is <laughs> that when we're presenting, like, the Mueller report, we don't do a little DJ spin on it before we, yeah, before right. we finish. That's, See, what then, we, that's what we've been missing.
1: Then we would all believe it and be <laughs> into it.
0: If somebody was behind the scenes going,
1: we, 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 it's, it's, it's something not something Russia. that you can do with a CD. <laughs> Just, yes, yes, shut up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, the, uh... And that's so good too. And like yeah. people are mad about the Joel Schumacher movies, but not this movie for some reason. Yeah. When Batman <laughs> does that. Like what's the CD difference between the like record player. Yeah, what's the difference between Batman doing a little record scratch on the CD and him whipping out his little Batman credit card at the beginning of Batman and Robin? I know. Those two things aren't the same. There's no difference. There's
1: no difference.
0: Um the uh oh I really liked the little bit about Max Shrek's uh stuffed chihuahua he has in his office.
1: Yeah, just, like, real yeah, quick. We're not gonna bring it up ever again. again, but, you know.
0: Just a little piece of character development.
1: And, like, I, I think it's, it's funny, because she's, like, in her apartment, and she's, like, going through messages, Is she's like, hey, it's remember to you, you gotta pick up those files for that meeting on Wednesday. And she's like, oh, crap, I guess I'll go there. And then she just, like, hacks into her boss's computer. I know. <laughs> it's like, um, that's not what you went here to do. <laughs>
0: um, and yeah, and then just, like... The the whole deal where like Michelle Pfeiffer just gets brought back to life because a bunch of cats licked her. And for some reason, now she, like, has the actual superhuman ability to regenerate herself nine times, yeah. I guess. It's just, like, there's nothing to even try to explain yeah. why that is. Isn't They're it just in like, the
1: Catwoman movie? It. Doesn't, like, a cat, like, breathe magic into her or something?
0: I do not know. I have I never seen I specifically have
1: a shot on my in my head of a cat standing on top of her chest and, like, breathing, like, cgi green smoke into her (laughs) mouth and i don't know what it's from but i know it exists are
0: you sure you're not just talking about in this movie when the cat licks her mouth
1: no like specifically it like breathes into her
0: right okay um but so yeah and like we're at this point in the movie and batman's like basically not in it right um and that's what i think is so cool about this is because this is a movie with like three protagonists basically yeah it's, like, it's as much about the Penguin as it is about Catwoman as it is about Batman. If anything, I feel like Batman sort of takes on the role of the antagonist in this movie. Yeah. It's like we are sort of, we're clued into, like, the origins and the the beginnings of these other two characters. And then Batman just shows up to, like, kind of stop them and, like, yeah. make things harder for them, you know? We we don't have any, like, interiority or um sort of... Pers- we, we never see any of the story from batman's perspective hardly
1: mm-hmm.
0: um except for a few choice moments um uh but like the story isn't anchored to any one perspective though like you're you're seeing everything to everybody from everybody's sort of different different view you know yeah. like it's it's really even-handedly trying to focus on each of these three people as just sort of like these three independent agents That are all trying to do their own thing and just getting in each other's way, you know? Which I think is so cool. Like, it's such a weird and interesting format for, like, a superhero movie like this. Yeah. Um, You know that the guy who wrote this was the same guy who wrote Heathers? All right. (laughs) Um, And as far as I know, yeah, he has never been um, a super successful... (laughs) Writer. Because he wrote Heathers and people were like, Oh, that rules. People love Heathers. They were like, You want to write Batman? and he's like, Yeah, sure, go for it. I'll do that. And then he just kinda never really does a high profile movie ever again.
1: I mean, does he really need to?
0: (laughs) I guess not. I don't know, because it's such a it's such a distinct voice, you know? Like even just between those two movies, like everything is so like elevated and the dialogue is so like, campy and snappy in both of those things, yeah. you know? And it, it feels like there is sort of a notorous through line between those two scripts that, like, I, I don't know, I guess just kind of speaks for itself, yeah. you know?
1: I'm just kind of, like, jumping around in my head because I didn't take a lot of notes for this movie. I kind of, like, wrote down my big ideas and then, like, just left let, let myself remember the rest of the stuff I wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. But I think it's funny... Because like there are certain like points that are like oh this is a Tim Burton movie and it's like one right. of them is like those long like shots of like going through like the fo- going through like the scenery with like that big music playing as we like go through the abandoned zoo totally and I'm, like, oh it's it's Tim Burton movie and it's, the, like, like choiry
0: big... Danny Elfman score
1: yeah and it's like a bi- like women with like really bright hair colors and like really like angular clothing or really like. Right. basic female characters, like the Ice Princess. I'm like, oh, it's the Tim Burton right. movie. And it's like some like weird, like rubber prosthetic-y kind of thing that's either <laughs> right. a puppet or just like a thing. And then you get that guy getting electrocuted at the end of the movie. And yeah, he moves that's away right. the rumble and there's this big, like electrified face and you're like, yeah, it's a large Marge. movie.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: it's Large Marge. It's the shrunken head from Beetlejuice. It's...
0: Um, so did you know, uh, gaming, um, Billy, uh, Billy D. Williams plays Harvey Dent in the first Batman movie. Sure, um, that's like sort of Tim Burton calling his shot when he first, when he was like working on this script and wanting to do it. He was like, I want to do like two or three Batman movies. I want to like be attached to this. Mm-hmm. And then he kind of changes his mind once he actually gets into production on it and hates it. But and like, he's like, oh, this sucks. He was like, I'm calling my shot in this movie. I'm gonna have. Or Billy D Williams. I keep getting Billy D Williams and Tommy Lee Jones mixed up in my head. It's because they both got Um, three names. Exactly. Um, That I'm gonna have uh, Billy D Williams. now I'm Uh just psyching myself out. (laughs) Billy (laughs) D Williams. He's the guy who plays Lando Covers again. He's gonna be Two Face because he liked sort of the visual idea of like having a black man play Two Face, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But then when they do this movie, originally Harvey Dent was gonna be Max Shrek. Yeah. But the studio just didn't want to do that. The like anecdotal thing that people say is because they didn't want to have a black man play Two Face, but that's not something that's ever been like explicitly corroborated. I don't know. Yeah. Um. But the point is, they were like, we don't want Harvey Dent in this movie. We don't want it to be Billy D. Williams, regardless. Um. But that moment where Catwoman like tases the fuck out of Shrek, and like burns his whole shit up was supposed to be the moment originally in which he becomes two-face yeah. and then like batman 3 billy d williams would be two-face in the third one mm-hmm. um is so th- but because they just didn't want to do that they were just like oh and um he died
1: he died <laughs>
0: um, which i just think is really funny yeah
1: um,
0: the uh <laughs> there's just <laughs> there's my favorite bit in this whole movie um so Batman is very skeptical of the penguin. He's like doing this whole thing where he's like, oh, I'm just this lonely man who wants to find out who his real parents are. Yeah. Um, and Batman's like, I don't buy it. I don't buy this guy. He's ugly and I don't trust him. Fuck you. Um, (laughs) which is basically it, right? I mean, he doesn't have any real reason to be mistrustful. You are too ugly to have
1: feelings. (laughs) If I've learned anything from living in Gotham.
0: Yeah, exactly. But so he's like doing all this research and there's this sequence where he gets, he's in his Batman suit, he gets in the Batmobile, yes. and then he just kind of drives past Danny DeVito's house and looks at him through the window, yep. and then drives away. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> like, it's just like, why'd you have to be Batman for that? Yeah. <laughs> Why? You could just, you could have be just to like...
1: Put on a fedora and a trench coat and just <laughs> right, walked by, yeah. and no one would have no one would have been the wiser. But yeah, you're like you calling be, so much
0: attention to yourself. You
1: had to be Batman in the Batman car, going so loud past the window like four <laughs> times.
0: Um, okay, we've we've talked about this before on this podcast, but I have I have a question to pose to you. Okay. Um, what are your thoughts on the Wilhelm scream when it's executed like this, where it's just once being executed by, like, a nameless extra?
1: Yeah, I think that's fine. Like, just having it be, like, especially because it's this movie, which is already kind of silly, and especially because it's a goon, which is already kind of silly. Like, Batman punching him, and he flies off screen, and he does Wilhelm scream. Like, that's totally fine. But it's when when they use it, it. It... it's not just a nameless extra; it has to be a specific kind of nameless extra. Right? Because I was, if it's like a soldier and it does the Wilhelm scream, I'm like, that's kind of that's kind of mean. That's that was the guy. <laughs> but because it's in this movie, it's some fucking clown who's been running around in a circle for ten minutes and now is going to go punch Batman. It's okay that he does the Wilhelm scream
0: because right. it's a
1: fucking Batman goon, and it doesn't matter. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. But like, yeah, and I think. Because, like, obviously, the place it is worst is when it's like in Toy Story, where it's like a character whose voice you know, and they yeah. like fall over and they go, ah! And you're like, fuck off with that. And it's that's, like, that's, nothing.
1: that's not even the, who that actor was. Um,
0: I'm still not sure. I'm still torn. Because even in this movie, where it's so elevated and so campy, it still just makes you think about the artifice in a really explicit way, you know? You recognize the sound, and it's like this weird film in joke where you'd be like, aha. The sound editors in this movie put that in on purpose cuz it's a thing. And you like it really explicitly is like you're watching a movie put together by by movie makers, you know. I
1: think that's only because we are aware of that because we're yeah. both film people that that's what you see it is. Regular people are just like ha ha funny scream. That the funny <laughs> scream that I know so well. Like it's not right. it's not an yeah. in joke. It's just kind of like a like Haha! Ha, funny scream.
0: I suppose so. Um, th- so, uh, Danny DeVito is a character that, um, is very much defined by his horniness in this movie.
1: Yeah.
0: Rightfully so, I think. He's living <laughs> in, the, in a sewer his entire life and has flippers for hands. So, um. He should like,
1: understand that he can't be horny. That,
0: <laughs> that, that it's he, unacceptable. He can't be horny? He can't oh. be horny. Um. But, yeah, and I mean, I feel like that's part of the whole thing, right? It's, like, all these three characters are people who have just, like, Are deeply horny. Well, I mean, yeah, first of all, deeply horny, but, like, have been, like, so totally let down and wronged by, like, society, the society we live in, Yeah. um, that um, they've just decided to, like, fuck everything, right? Yeah. (laughs) Catwoman's like, I'm gonna blow shit up and just do whatever the fuck I want, and... Oswald Kalapot's like, I'm going to kill babies. That's my whole thing is I want <laughs> to kill babies. That's all I want to
1: do. That's all I'm here for. <laughs>
0: um, but I feel like sort of the sexuality angle of it, which I think is very much a a, a product of, what's his name? Daniel Waters, the writer. Yeah. More than it is of of Tim Burton's, you know. I mean, uh, yeah, it's very much a thing in
1: Heather's too. Because yeah, I, Tim Burton.
0: <laughs> Tim Burton is not into sex very much at all.
1: Well, in he's most not of his in, other movies, Tim Burton's not into sex. He does like very. He likes. There's a theme of like one dimensional, like sexy female characters, like right. the ice. But they're always princess, like
0: ridiculed though for being so.
1: Well, yeah, which isn't good either, but it's it's there. Well, it's like what I always talk about is like in, Sal- in in The Nightmare for Christmas, like Sally's first design, she's like got like a hot bimbo body for no reason. And then <laughs> right. they got rid of that because it was like, why, why the fuck does she need to look like right.
0: this? <laughs> but like, I feel like a common thread in his movies are like protagonists who are just not interested in sex from people around him who kind of want... To give it to them, right? Yeah, like like really explicitly. I guess I guess this is an exception, obviously. But like Edward Scissorhands, that woman like comes on to him, and Edward's just like afraid and terrified and wants nothing to do with it. Nightmare yeah. Before Christmas is like, oh, Sally is like really into him, but Jack is always like, oh, oh, don't be so silly, not now. Like, oh, I've got important things to do. Wait,
1: Jackson, hold on. <laughs> What? And no part of The Nightmare for Christmas is Sally like, hey Jack, do you want to fuck? That's not a part of it. (laughs) I'm not,
0: okay, I'm not talking about sex explicitly. I'm talking about, like, romantic connection. You know what I'm saying. I don't think that was an insane thing of me to say.
1: Okay, it's, I mean. Do you disagree? I do, I do about The Nightmare for Christmas because the whole thing is at the end of the movie is that they do get together romantically.
0: That's true, that's true. Um,
1: they don't fuck, Jackson. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay, um, but uh, the what was my main point here? Um, oh, because um, explicitly, I think in this script, sort of that like that sexuality comes out when people have decided to just be free of the restrictions of society, right? Yeah. Like Catwoman and the Penguin, both in their own distinct ways their sexuality is really is really forward cuz they just don't give a fuck like yeah. they they feel this way so they just express it really explicitly without any concern about what people think about it and in uh and I don't know and you could also you can have a discussion about the difference between the way it's expressed between those two characters and whether catwoman's like constant like coming on to like men around her is different than The Penguin doing the same. I'll be in a very different way, but, like... Yeah. I don't know. There's a a conversation to be had there. I don't know what it is, but... um, Are we going to have it, or...? (laughs) I don't know. I just don't know if I could really break it down, because... I I don't know. Because it's just different. I don't know. The, um... But the point that I'm getting at is that, like... It's basically just that. It's, like, these characters are really really freely expressive of their sexuality and batman is sort of much much less so because he's still very much tethered not completely obviously because he's fucking batman and that's what he's chosen to do with his life but like yeah. he's more tethered than the other ones are to like some semblance of society and order and structure you know I so mean, he's I'm gonna... not go I'm ahead gonna
1: disagree a little bit i think batman is also guilty of being horny it's more of like the brokenness of bruce like seeing the brokenness in selena you know like it's right. more of like a we very much have the same issues of like being torn between doing whatever the fuck we want and still being a part of society and right. so i feel like that's why they kind of That's why they're so drawn to each other is because they're going through the same thing. Well, with, with, with Cobblepot, I think it's more of, it's more kind of like an incel. It's like he has been like completely rejected by everybody and now he does have power. So now the Mm -hmm. thing that he wants is sex because he's never been, had that kind of power over somebody before, you know? Right.
0: I think but I think a lot of that can also be said of Catwoman though. I mean yeah. the the like cultural coding is different. She's like she's like a spinster I guess, but like yeah. it it's almost the same thing, right? Like nobody she's always wanted a romantic partner and but she's never really been able to 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 land one, you know, she just can't land a man. Yeah. Um but then when she decides to just go fucking crazy, she decides to like now that she has this sort of like physical power over people to, to make it as a sort of like sexual exchange you know it's it's not it's not dissimilar the way these two people are using their power and their sexuality yeah Um, but one of the things I wanted to mention was that, like, that's very much how this is written. And, you know, uh, because Catwoman being this very sexy character, like, thematically in this script, I think is important in the way, the things that they're trying to get across.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: and that is, you know, how it's written, absolutely. But Tim Burton, the way that he shoots it and the way that the movie is made, it's, like, obviously she's wearing this, like, latex cat suit, but she's, the camera and the the filmmaking of it. Is like not very male gazey at all, you know. Yeah. Like very rarely, if ever, is the camera like ogling her, or wants you to like look at her and be like, oh, check this out, look how hot she is, you know. It's just like the 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 script content explicitly that is like this is a very sexual person, which is is sort of what makes me feel the most strongly that that this sort of thematic idea comes from the writer more than it comes from Tim Burton yeah, because of that sort of dissonance in the in the storytelling, you know, um, yeah. which I just think is really, really interesting. Um, and yeah, and just to my earlier point that I don't think like Tim Burton is really very much interested in sexuality in his movies in a lot of cases.
1: Yeah. I guess I' was trying to put my finger on on why the Selena transformation does rub me a little bit the wrong way. Because, I don't- we see her life, and we see that she's very unhappy with her life. Like, but- so when she, like, has this big change, and she decides- she just goes, fuck it, I don't want- I hate all of this, I don't want any of this anymore. And she goes through, like, a complete change of herself. It's just that she immediately goes to, I'll just be in a sexy late tech suit now, you know? Like, I wish- And then when she goes back to the office, she's, like, no longer wearing glasses and her hair isn't up anymore. Like, I feel like there were ways to make her sexy without, like, being super, like, obvious with it, you know? Right. Like, if she was just, like, way more confident in the way that she walked or she didn't give a shit about what she wore anymore or she didn't give a shit about her hair anymore. Like, it's more... It's less her conforming to what men find sexy and more just, like, her not giving a shit about what's sexy. And that's what makes it sexy. Like, like, I, like, yeah. Like, I don't like that it's just, like, oh, I hate, I hate what society has basically stuck me with. So I'm gonna, like, go outside of that and do something different. And Mm -hmm. I hate what, immediately, what that is, is, oh, I'm gonna take off my glasses and let my hair down and, like, wear skin-tight clothing. Like, I wish it was, like... Like, a, just a different kind of sexy, you know? Yeah,
0: I mean, I don't know. I think, I think what you're saying is totally. I agree with you when it comes to like her office attire. It's yeah. like the, it's like Arrested Development with Judy Greer. Yeah, she's it's like literally. Let's let your her hair down. and takes off the glasses. Um, but uh, but I think I don't know. I think the the, the latex cat suit is not like. Oh, I'm gonna conform to what society. We, wants me to be and I'm gonna wear this all the time (laughs) I don't think that's quite the same (laughs) I mean and I don't know and I think that there is a sort of ironic element to like her decision to do it right she's like yeah sort of like reclaiming her own image like in the in the context of what she's meant to be quote-unquote in society does that make sense
1: yeah I Yeah, I get I get that of like her specifically being sexy in order to, like, take advantage of men. Like, I get that. And that's usually what the depiction of Catwoman is, is where she's like, oh, I'm not... Like, she literally does that in the movie with Batman. She's like, you hit me and I'm a woman. And then she's like, oh, you're sexy. And then she, like, punches him or whatever. Yeah. Like, that (laughs) that kind of thing. But, yeah. And to me, I
0: I feel like what the idea is, is that, like, she is completely, like, a nihilist at this point. And yeah. she's not concerned about what is best for women, right? She's yeah. concerned about what she wants to do right now, you know? And that's that's what I think, what I like about that. You hit me, I'm a woman, oh no, is like not an especially like feminist take on that situation. But I yeah. don't think she gives a shit anymore, you know? Because it... it, it, it uh, it serves her needs in that moment. Yeah. Um. The. Uh, and
1: well, I guess so. Are you saying that she's like completely taken herself out of the context of society as a woman? Yeah. I like that. I don't think that's what she does, though, because then we have like the scene with her with like the security guards, and she's like, "You guys keep confusing your penises with your guns." And all that stuff, like I don't that's know. That's the line. Like, yep. I mean, I mean, it, that's the line that they wanted to write, but they didn't. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's a difficult, it's a difficult thing to portray, and I think they do do a good, a pretty good job. Like, like you said, the like camera work is never like super male gazy or like degrading or anything. But I think it does speak to like it's still. A movie made by men, you know, and right. even like it's just, it's layers, it's got layers, it's like Shrek, it's got layers, it's,
0: yeah, it's exactly like Max Shrek, it has layers. Yeah. Um, the uh, there, oh, sorry, let me think for a moment about what I was about to say. Um, my, um, fuck, just a second. Oh, yeah, just sort of my, my closing remark on this whole deal is I think part of the issue is just that like the dialogue in this movie is very heightened very cheesy very one linery mm-hmm. I think that style works the least with catwoman than it does anybody else in this movie
1: yeah definitely
0: um when batman says eat floor i'm like <laughs> oh fuck yeah that's the coolest shit in the world
1: yeah. but
0: when catwoman says i am catwoman hear me roar i'm like uh, I know it's kind of the same, but it's just, that's a lot more annoying than the other thing was.
1: I mean, okay, but when that Batman goes, eat floor, it's high in fiber, did you still <laughs> yeah, did you great. still have that feeling? Yeah, it's
0: the best, because she's like, I'm hungry, I haven't eaten all day. It's like, oh, you're hungry, shabow, eat floor, it's high in fiber. It's like, fuck yeah, yeah. I, Well, honestly,
1: it's because it's a different kind of one-liner, like, right. It wouldn't make sense for Selena's characters to be making one liners because why would she do that?
0: Well, she does all the time. It's just a different kind.
1: Yeah, it's like.
0: It's like you always are confusing your pistols with your privates. That's like yeah, one of well, them. Yeah, well,
1: because it's all I'm girl. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so with Batman, it's just like, I punched you, haha. Like, if <laughs> right. Selena was just being like, I punched you, haha, then I'd be like, heck yeah. <laughs>
0: um, I love. My, uh, one of my favorites is, uh, the, uh, the newspaper headlines that just yeah. say, Batman blows it. I <laughs> think <makes it> so <laughs>
1: funny for some reason. Batman fucked up, extra!
0: <laughs> Batman sucks, read all about it! I think that's so funny. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> the, um, oh, whoa, Variety, the newspaper just sent me a notification on my phone saying, NBC Universal CEO Steve Burke will depart in 2020. Thanks, Variety. I wanted. I. I'm glad I know that. None um, of those.
1: Anyway. None of those words formed a sentence.
0: Yeah, I know that's the joke. Um. Oh, okay.
1: The,
0: I love. Okay. Good. So one. and then, uh, I I really like the scene where uh Bruce and Selena like go back to Bruce's house and like make out because there's, I don't know, there's so much to it and I think it's so funny the the greatest of which is right at the beginning when Selena goes so girlfriend and he goes uh sure i mean <laughs>
1: yeah and
0: i think that's so funny it's so stupid but it's so good yeah that's um, what i'm saying
1: he's got too much dorky energy that when he turns yeah. into batman it's like okay. <laughs> when he's bruce wayne the dorky energy is great but as soon right. as he turns into batman i'm just like you're a fucking dork dude
0: but it's like i like the dynamic that like yeah. they like are really into each other and they want to like get together but then like as soon as they're about to like have sex both of them independently are like oh fuck i'm like a superhero i can't just be going around having sex fuck. with people yeah i can't yeah. just do that and then they're both like really anxious about it at the same time and like yeah. neither of them like knows the other one it's like this weirdly farcical yeah.
1: well i ju- i just love both of them talking to alfred where he's like right. can you tell her that i gotta go but like i still like her but like not in a like high school way and he's like you got <laughs> yeah. it sir and then you walks really to Slade and Slate is like um i gotta go <laughs> can you tell bruce and <laughs> it's just very good um
0: and then later the moment when they do find out each other's like secret identities i think it's a really fun like just piece yeah. of screenwriting like how uh, they that like too. recognize that piece of dialogue from each other and the way they react to it is like really weirdly subtle for a movie like this yeah where they just suddenly like they both like realize it and they're just like uh, okay uh, so do we, need, uh, do we have to
1: fight now or what I, sh-
0: what do what we what I do love now? about
1: that line is that she goes like do I have to fight now and he's like let's go outside because I think what he means is like we'll talk about this in private but right. what, it, what it what I want it to be is to be like meet me out by the dumpster
0: <laughs> yeah, let's throw down
1: yeah
0: <laughs> that's pretty good um, I love Batman's stupid wings in that one shot
1: for no reason, just yeah. that one time,
0: <laughs> and then it like glides off the building, but it's like this giant, clunky, like expensive-looking apparatus, just to be like, yeah. and I'm sure, you know, and sound editing's wonderful, but I'm sure on set it was like, who,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: they're, like, okay, did you get it? Do you want to do that again? Somebody uh, nope. want to put I it I don't back? actually. Um, <laughs> one of the things that I think is kind of interesting about this movie is how Bruce like never really seems to get more upset the more things develop like whenever yeah. he's like at wayne manor and just like hanging out and like doing research and making plans and stuff he's always at like the same level he's always like in a sweater with his hand on his chin, just being like hmm yeah, yeah. I think Thistle, and then Oswald is hmm. Like he doesn't like ever get more frantic or more energetic. Like it feels like he's just always at the same level when he's like hanging around the house, which I yeah. think is kind of fun.
1: Well, it's like even when he's like overthrowing, when he's like ruining Kabel Pot's whole thing, and he's playing the CD like it's a record player.
0: Uh-huh, uh-huh. He's just
1: like, "All right, I got it. I'm doing this now." And it's like, "Can you you have a little bit of fun or like emotion?" <laughs> hey, Bruce.
0: Um. The uh, one of the things I like about this movie are the the reoccurring goons, uh, because oh they, yeah, like
1: the little squad that goes around with gobble. Yeah,
0: because there's the guy who was in the had the monkey box at the beginning, and he's around, and there's like the 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 thick clown who yep. has shot. misgivings at the end and gets shot. And they're like they're not like characters by any means. And if no, they were a different person, yeah. And if they were a different person each time, the movie wouldn't be worse for it. But, like, it's just nice that, like, you have, like, sort of a cast and his, like, posse that you can, like, kind of recognize from scene to scene.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. Is not that Doug Jones plays one of the clowns? Oh,
1: okay. <laughs> the
0: guy who does the vocap for, like, Abe Sapien and Shape of Water. That yeah. guy is one of the clowns. I don't know. That's just funny to me. That's fun. Yeah. Uh, he's the thin man in Pan's Labyrinth. Um, the, uh, and, okay, so we got to talk about the, uh, the Rocket Penguins. Because, uh, I
1: have nothing to say about them. They're perfect wait, and I love what? them. Yeah,
0: they're the best. They're The best part of the whole movie are the rocket penguins. They're wonderful. Yeah. Um. The, um uh, and, like, I don't know. And I feel like we haven't given an appropriate amount of screen time to the penguin in this episode.
1: Yeah, well, like, I mean, it's because everybody knows that Danny DeVito yeah, as the penguin is great. Like, we don't need to... The-
0: and his delivery of, I am not a human being, I am an oh, animal.
1: animal,
0: cold, da is so good. And I think Very about good. it all the time.
1: And <laughs> Specifically, <laughs> I imagine Pikachu saying it.
0: And yeah, and what's that line where he's like, oh, hell, why be biased? All the sexes are equal with their erogenous zones blown sky high. You're like, yeah. this movie's so insane. Yeah. Like, this <laughs> is the craziest movie anybody's ever made. <laughs> <laughs> I tried, there's the line at the beginning where he's like giving a speech to the press. And he's like, I was my parents' number one son, but they treated me like number two. <laughs> I think it's really good. It's great. I know. He's got so many great lines in this movie. And he delivers Day- each one of them so perfectly. The A.Navito's great. Um, Enough said. <laughs> and I mean, yeah. And the last thing I've written down is there's that bit where he's flying his little plane through the subway. And he like does that crazy barrel roll. And it's like a totally practical deal yeah. and you're like not sure if it's a miniature or just like maybe it's made out of cardboard or something. But you're like, yeah. what is that? How'd they do that? Like, why does it's that just, look so good?
1: Someone just like picked up like a toy and like did it, and then they, like, right, and it do it later.
0: Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just love this movie. So cool. I just this um, movie's a fun time. I want I, I want a, I vibe on this movie.
1: It's always and it's always playing, no matter what hotel you go to.
0: <laughs> it's always on TBS somewhere. Um, so, I don't know. Do you have any final thoughts or do you want me to go into trivia time? Yeah.
1: I mean, I like, I like this movie. I think it's for what it is and like what it like does with like the Batman character and what Tim Burton does like within like his own style within such like an established like piece of media, I think is really good. I don't think it's the perfect movie in the world. and I don't think it's the best Batman movie in the world, but it's a good time.
0: Hey, Adeline, did you know that, um... Many fans regard Michelle Pfeiffer's version of the character among their favorites.
1: Wow, I love facts that are 100% not opinions.
0: This is trivia. I,
1: I guess it's a fact that people have opinions, <laughs> which I guess is fine.
0: Okay, this is I one... Guess That had a very low like-to-dislike ratio, and is so wild, I can only imagine it's just not true, because I've never heard this corroborated anywhere else. Uh, Adelaide, did you know, an early idea was to have the very large penguin birds who carry the penguin to his watery grave at the end of the movie be, quote, the elders, unquote, Lovecraftian (laughs) beings whom the penguin and the circus group worshipped like gods? Why... I'm just like 98% that's not fucking true. Yeah, I don't think that's the, a thing.
1: I thought it was going to be like they were going to be real penguins, but then that didn't work. So we got like some fake, like those like little like puppets right. to do There's it. There's some and real penguins like, oh, okay. though. okay. No, um, they're eldritch horrors yeah. that the clowns <laughs> <Yes>. worshipped.
0: That <laughs> they worshipped like gods.
1: I think that's maybe wrong.
0: <laughs> I think that's just not true. Okay, this one um is so, and something we didn't really touch on in this movie is all the weird like old Testament like Moses Judaism like language in this movie with like the penguin getting like left in the basket in the river and like being oh, discovered yeah. and like the whole like plague of like killing firstborn sons and yeah stuff like that um and this this piece of trivia is basically just pointing that out, but um their verbiage is just really great and just I' the just way want to, read they it to say you. it yeah did you know? After Penguin has initially turned down Shrek's suggestion that he run for mayor of Gotham <laughs> City, he starts to retreat back upstairs to his office. Shrek tails him, catching up with him at the foot of the stairs and whispering three temptations into his ear. The Penguin responds with, You drive a hard bargain, Maxie. All right, I'll be mayor. And then the two look out the window over the city. Penguin cries, Burn, baby, burn! And Max gets a glittery, av- avaricious look in his eyes. The parallels with the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 4, are eerie. There's also the Moses in the bushes stuff going on in the beginning, you along know. with 33 years later and the Penguin's ultimate plan to kidnap all of Gotham's firstborn sons and baptize yep. slash drown them in a pool of toxic waste.
1: Yeah, you know, just, just real quick also. Yeah, uh-huh. Well, because they can't tell you the ones that make sense because you already it's... knew those. <laughs> they <laughs> right. had to make up one that's only kind of yeah. works. That's in something order that I've heard people you. say.
0: is that they're really explicit about the fact that they like go out of their way to point out that the penguin is thirty three years old, which is how old Jesus was when he died, presumably.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. Which I which I think is valid. I think there's a reason they put that number thirty three like there as opposed years, yeah. to a different number. Um. But, I just, like, these are always so professional, and this one's, like, the parallels yeah. with the Gospel of Matthew are eerie. Are and there's eerie. also the Moses in the bushes stuff going on in the opening.
1: And the <laughs> like, fact that they say stuff, like, they don't even care. They're like, that so stuff, good. whatever.
0: Um. <laughs> <laughs>
1: like, uh. And I like
0: that they describe it as eerie, as if it wasn't an intentional parallel. Yeah,
1: no, it's like, it's like the Haunted Mickey Mouse cartoons. It's like, oh
0: spooky <laughs> uh do you want to hear a review a one-star review of batman returns online i do so this move or this review comes from uh letterboxd.com uh this person gives batman returns one half of one star and they say to be honest this film is actually pretty good <laughs> said no one ever
1: wow fucking got him
0: got he. oh he Dunk fooled God. you good Ooh, just, he got you! Ooh, he got treat you! Just in good. the
1: fucking toilet, Tim Burton, suck on that shit. Like no
0: one What you put one it in the toilet, I put it on my
1: mantle, Tim. Because you no put one. this movie right in the toilet.
0: What? You, you treated this movie like number one, but I treat it like number two.
1: <laughs> Gotty I
0: just did the same joke you did, but I used a different line, <laughs> and it's still funny. I hope.
1: <laughs> Golly!
0: Gotti. God, I'm Fuck so you. good.
1: There's a camera there. There's a camera over there. You're on prank, <laughs> son.
0: You have been gotten. Fuck um, you. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs>
1: My name is Alan McMurray.
0: Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, no, I'm Jackson McMurray. Fuck, I forgot to do that. I don't know. This Whatever.
1: <laughs> It's over now. Go home.
0: Yeah, I was thinking that that was going to be as we were playing out, but then I remember we forgot to say our names, so now I don't know what we're going to do. The quintessential
1: thing
0: that we do. Yeah, the main part of it. I guess this is now the play out. Get out of here. There's
1: nothing left for you.
0: What a disaster of a podcast we (laughs) run. We have, like, one thing that we do every episode, and somehow we can't even get that right. We can't even do
1: that. All right.